Welcome back to Capes and Tights, a pop culture and comic book podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg, and that's your other host, Adam Morissette. We're back for another episode. Oh, it's fun talking to you about fake things. I actually rewatched it because yeah. Adam and I were supposed to do this last week. Nice, nice, nice weather last Monday. Don't blame him. Actually, my, my parents were in town too. So it actually worked out that we didn't record last Monday because I actually got to visit with my parents and Adam went for a hike and stuff and did some other yep. things or whatever, but we were able to delay it one week, which is fine. Uh, but I actually got to rewatch the entire series of Peacemaker again because Taylor wanted to watch it. So I got that in, which is pretty cool. But before we get started on Peacemaker, just a quick couple words to not, you know, damping the mood at all. But uh, we just wanted to say as from Capes and Tights that we are uh, sad to see what's going on over in Ukraine right now. And that our thoughts are with all those who have been uh, killed or, or, or missing and um, our thoughts are with the people who will be killed or go missing in the next near future, because this is, doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon. Um, like it. I, I, it's hard to get words together to try to say what you, how you feel and what you mean, uh, but it's an atrocity right now, what's happening, and it's not unnecessary. And I feel like yeah. it's just a small thing. And we're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about a funny yeah. TV show. But to start it off, I thought it's hard. And I don't know if Adam, if you had anything else to say on top of that, but I think this just... It's just a sad moment right now. No, I mean, I was I'd say something we were saying right before we went on, and it, it 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 is. It feels even like weird to do a podcast right now because, I mean, it just feels like to be brutally honest at times, like you know, small and insignificant mm -hmm. when there's a like. But at the same time, like we were saying before, it's like it's okay to still have fun though, or like, like we're all gonna lose our minds, and like some of us that even remember a little bit of it before, like I mean, people still lives went on before when we had this. A cold war like this or a hot war and so like so it's it is okay to still like enjoy yourself and have fun like don't stress yourself out because you're reading comic books while this is going on it's okay so and that's on that the note, thing it, it, it's it's the the you think it's weird to do something like this but in the same sense with people like adam and i who were uh, you know, trained to Twitter and trained to, to the internet or things that like we want to know the most about what's going on in these situations. So whether it be a new trailer for a TV show or a movie or, or a um, video game, whether it be something to do with the United States pol political uh, landscape or so whether it to be a war in another country. And Adam and I try to like to be on the pulse and we like to look at these things. And so something like this, after we get past this little tiny intro part, we're going to get our minds off of that stuff for a little bit and talk about other things so that our minds aren't always just on these sad moments out there. But that does not mean we don't feel for it and we don't think about exactly. it and we don't care about it. It's just one of those things that happens and uh, it's unnecessary and it's sad, but uh, we're going to move on. And so again, just start with that. You know, we're with the people of Ukraine and uh, hope them the best, wish them the best. And uh, you know, I, if I could do anything, oh, one thing I will say is that Ryan Reynolds and his wife, I, that's the only thing I did see that recently that's pop culture related, uh, did put out that, that they're going to match up to a million dollars of the donations to help the Ukraine people. Um, so you can check Ryan Reynolds' Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is to see that information. I wasn't going to use this just to promote that because it, it just came to mind, but it didn't, that now connects the two worlds of pop culture, comic books, and nerdism and what's going on in the world today. So you can check that out too. I don't know if you saw that, but they're him and his wife, um, the most perfect couple in the world, I think, uh, are donating upwards to a million dollars to help um, with the people trying to escape. Maybe I, I don't remember. You check it out. I, sure. it, it's, it seems like a good cause. So I would I would look into that. It's uh, one of those things when you're trying to find something to do, trying to go to the right places is always the good thing. So do your research on it too before. Don't just listen to me. Um, but sometimes donating money to certain places. Back when I'm 
was it the Haiti? Yes. When Haiti had their earthquakes and there was all these like weird places to donate money and like half the money didn't even get to them. So do your exactly. research before you donate any money to anywhere. But uh, we'll always take donations of money though. If you, <laughs> we got to pay for our coffee and stuff, man. Exactly. Right. But speaking of God, what was I say? I'm getting a sample of that new be- uh, non-alcoholic beer from, from Portland. Um, I, Cassie's getting some to own a brewing company. So I'll have to see if I can get some to you. Cause I want to try that Kitna. Ooh, I haven't had that one. It's from the people who started Austin street brewing company in Portland. They started a non-alcoholic one. Oh, uh, called I did. I did have one the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I, now that you said it, I, I read the, um, their story. Yeah. I have, it's outstanding. Good. It's really so good. Cassie was checking it out for the, for the owner of brewing company tasting room that I work with. And I wanted to get Adam a, a non-alcoholic beer because Adam's a non-alcoholic beer fan. And so, oh, yeah. well, let's get into, let's get into Peacemaker. I mean, yeah, so absolutely. first of all, uh, Adam, we're talking DC. Like that's, this is like, we are unusual, <laughs> unusual ground for us to go to. Cause we're been usually just cause of my fandom and your fandom I and mean, a yeah. lot of Star Wars and Marvel has been a lot of our, our talks over the, over the past, you know, six months that we've yeah. been doing this, eight months we've been doing this. And then on top of that, we will be talking, hopefully the, the Dark Knight trilogy at some point in the next couple of months. So that's another DC thing, but it's very weird for us to watch something DC. It's also very weird for me to watch a DC TV show. Uh, there, there's something about DC TV shows yep. that are very teeny bopper or young adult. I, I should say teeny boppers are old, old slang, <laughs> but young adult, like with the Smallville and Flash sure. and Green yep, Arrow exactly. and all that, or, uh, yep. Arrow and all that stuff. Those are all very like drama, like not drama as in like Taylor and I are watching the Hannibal Lecter series over again. Not like drama like, like that, like, like soap like, opera drama. Yes, yeah, like, like yeah. high school drama. Like oh my yeah. gosh, someone stole my exactly. girlfriend. Kind of After drama. school, like teenage soap opera. That's and, exactly, and not to that's say that what, they're bad. They're just not what I want to list, watch right now. I'm rewatching a little bit on the side of the, sure. the Marvel's Daredevil season one from Netflix. And it's not the same. Like, you know what I mean? That's very dark and gritty. Right. Whereas like Smallville was like, oh my gosh, I like that person. And I like that person. And so I'm glad to see this. It was different for sure. I, I am very happy with, 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 with what went on. It was weird for sure. Um, but let's get, let's talk a little bit about it. So it's an HBO Max series. Yep. That was a first three episodes got released on January 20th, or sorry, January 13th. And then they went weekly afterwards, which I'm a big fan of now. We, Adam and I have talked about that a little bit. Like yeah. the whole week to week thing is good, even though most, both of us basically pretty much binged it. But for the most part, most people like that week to week thing. Yep. It was created by James Gunn, one of my all time favorites. He also wrote and executive produced the show, as well as directed five of the episodes. Uh, and I think he, the show has been renewed for a second season already, and he is scheduled to direct, produce, and write all of next season, uh, which is yep. pretty cool. It stars John Cena as Peacemaker, Danielle Brooks as Leota Adebayo, Freddie Stroma as Vigilante. I, I can never say his name. He was also in a Chuck Woody, Woody, Iwuji, whatever. He's Clemson Mern. Yep. <laughs> I can't say his name and I'm sorry, but we're not paid to do that. So uh, Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt, Steve Agee as John Economos, Robert Patrick as uh, white dragon or, or, or um, Chris Smith, John Cena's character's dad. Eagly was voiced by D Bradley Baker, who also voiced the gorilla in there. I hate to say the word voice because how was, how can you voice of animals? Right. Uh, Rizwan Manji as Jamil, who was the janitor, which is awesome. And then we'll get into it. Spoiler alert to anybody who wants to, to not watch the show. There was a cameo at the end of the last episode by Jason Momoa as Aquaman and Ezra Miller as The Flash, which was unbelievable. We'll get into that. 
Um, so that's Peacemaker, the TV show information. Uh, I wanted to quickly just talk because Peacemaker is a weird character. And I didn't know much about him until I did some, some information. Yep. Originally owned by Charlton Comics, was later acquired by DC Comics. His first appearance was in Fightin' Number 5, or Fightin' 5, Number 40 in 1966. Uh, it was created by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette. The first version appeared in the Suicide Squad soft reboot slash sequel that James Gunn also wrote and directed for the DCEU, which came out last summer. Um, was shot in the movie. Oh, I was like just looking at my notes here. I'm like, this is crazy. Quick fun thing about the, the connection between the two, uh, Suicide Squad and this. He was shot in the movie at the end, right? And he opens this this season up with him in the hospital and the janitor conversation and all that stuff. He, they were, someone asked him on Twitter or something because James Gunn's pretty popular on Twitter and um, how they got the bloodstains to look the same. Like how much work was it to get to look at the character? Right. He goes, I think we just used the suit from the movie. I was like, well, that does make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. I mean, they just made the movie, so it's not like, uh, but yeah, it was kind of funny. I was like, yeah, I guess that's pretty, pretty smart of them. Save some money and just use the suit from the end of the movie for the beginning of the new movie. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was great. I thought it was one of those ones that I was like, Adam, we should, we should do a review of this. We should talk about this. Yep. But then I hadn't watched it yet. And I was like, ah, I really got to get myself to watch it. Really got to get myself to watch it. And I was working at my desk here and I was, I have a TV right above it. I was like, I'll throw it on. I had to stop doing that because I had to start watching the show because it was so yep. funny. Uh, it was funny. It was, the story was great. It was, the, the, the casting was amazing. Um, I told Taylor, it was like, if you took Guardians of the, Gal- Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy and yep. Deadpool and kind of merged them together and had directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn. I think that's the thing that was amazing about it was the fact yep. that it was like a, Comedy of Guardians of the Galaxy mixed with comedy of Deadpool, but also the vulgar part of Deadpool. That was great. Yep. End of, end of end of podcast. See you guys later. That's the end. I mean, man, I always have to like preface all of our DC mm-hmm. stuff by saying like I like really because again I love DC comics. I just have a huge problem with everything I see yes. with their film, and so every time I go in and I'm like clean slate, man. This time, and and this one was weird. Like I there were. There's parts of it I think were like the casting, like you said, was like yeah. I thought was perfect. The dialogue is is funny, um, and and I, I loved mean, its grittiness. And I I had weird. I felt like it very much though, like it was it was so weird and hyper violent and like hyper sexualized and hyper macho that a lot of the stuff that it was trying to make a really good commentary about for what would be a lot of Americans we forget like middle America and kind of their values. And and for me, the problem was in the end, I just came out going like, I think it really just meant that killing people is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's funny, except I, it didn't, I, the joke didn't come across real great Mm -hmm. to me at the end. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It was funny. was like, when you see him go back, he leaves prison or leaves the hospital and the first episode goes back to his trailer. When you see his trailer, all I could laugh about was the fact that so John Cena, and this is not, I don't want to alienate anybody who's wrestling fans and things like that, but wrestling, sure. he's a wrestling person who became an actor. He's he's probably only second to freaking um, The Rock for successful and actually good at acting sure. that became from over, over from wrestling. Um, but maybe believe that that's the trailer he grew up in, like legitimately John Cena grew up in. Like all I could picture is John Cena living in a trailer in a trailer park that's painted like the American flag. And that's where he actually grew up in. So it was like going home. And so that part was, was funny, but yes, the, the middle America, the, 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 um, 
less wealthy, <laughs> the poor America. Sure, and, I mean, and it, but he does make the joke. So it does, I guess what you're saying is that, yes, the killing people is the answer, but he does make the joke that he needs to have peace as much as absolutely. as many people as he needs to kill. Yep. But you're right, though. It seemed like all they needed to do was just kill, kill, kill. And, and let me and, back up, though, and clarify, because no, like, I think the parts of it that I thought were brilliant, I thought John Cena as Peacemaker was like, on multiple levels was important because mm. he is a, he is a huge wrestler that does pull in an audience that might not be the audience you see in other types of yeah. film and i and i wasn't this is what i wanted to clarify trying to be critical in that what i of what i'm it's, there are so many americans who live a life that is much more like patriotic yeah. and and cut and dry in ways that it wouldn't be for me, but but it is an overwhelming number of people. So my point, like, it's important that there are films that reflect it. And I yes. think it was reflecting it. And it was even trying to make really important points about intergenerational racism and misogyny and kind of hyper-sexualized porn culture and all of this stuff, which I think is brilliant, except in the end, I really still felt like all of that stuff's bad, but I should go murder people like indiscriminately so that's more what i was trying to criticize so i understand like, and so there was no growth really for peacemaker from the beginning to the end of the right. show there was exactly. no like okay i started by doing this maybe i shouldn't be doing this he did and there is that connection where yep. you mentioned that there is this idea that if my parents are bad that i'm bad and right. the same thing like his dad is super racist sexist like yep. literally like the most horrible human being you can even think of yeah that that, that the only real thing i mean John Cena's character as Peacemaker is just—it's—it's it's stupid. Like he has common sense issues, um, but the only thing that he really has is that he kills people. Everything else, he's—I think he's sexist, but he's not aware that he's sexist. If that makes any and sense. I, and I qualify that saying. I mean, that might be something that they continue mm-hmm. working on in season two. And and it, like I said, because he does grow as a character. As far I mean, I think the part about racism was was like kind of painfully spot on about how that works, and that you know it he does still love him and he did used to maybe think more like that, but now he doesn't. And and that's an important message for people to like, see that it's okay to change. I just think we don't always need to package that message with, but guns and killing people are like rock on man. Do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy because I, I, it's great when I was watching the show too, to see that the ability and the ability, the, the, that James Gunn went that route, like, like, the character that is places his dad's character as white dragon is what DC has used over the years as white trash, racist, sexist, horrible human yep. beings. It's always been that that's the figurehead that it goes to. And it was funny to me, like they had to play on the, the, the KKK with the hoods that were had the horns on and all that stuff. But like, um, I'm surprised that they even went there. Like, to me nowadays yeah. with with quote unquote cancel culture and all this stuff i mean the character had you know had to play robert patrick had to play a racist and had to say racist things oh, on yeah. the screen and it's one of those things that like the the comparison to stand up comedians who are making jokes about certain things like that it's like it's part of their act well this is the same thing it's part of that same thing but similar thing it's part of his act so it's crazy that robert patrick had to say super racist super sexist things and yeah. know that robert patrick probably is not super racist or super sexist and that's just that he actually that the TV show actually went there and he didn't get enough didn't get a lot of pushback that I've seen. There hasn't been this crazy amount of pushback that they actually portrayed and, those characters. I mean, honestly, like that would be one of my I mean praises of the show is that it, it, it like if you're gonna go there, you either go there or you don't go there, and and because the in between isn't the reality. So if you're gonna do white nationalists and racist, you got to be 
yeah. what's going to be very, very, very offensive to people. So I appreciate that that yeah. was done because I, I think that gets sanitized way too often in a lot of modern films. So that was cool, I thought, as far as like being willing to take a risk. Well, it's the same uh, thought that I have when I watch something that's put on streaming and deserves to be put on streaming services, uh, you know, like for, or, or movies like Deadpool that are rated R. Like you, to do Deadpool right, the Deadpool that we remember from recent comic books, you have to make it R rated. You have to be able to make him have him make the, say the F word and do all that stuff. You have to be able to do that. So like there is this point where you have to be able to do this. This, show, this movie, the show would not have been able to be on CW. They not, oh, would not gosh. have been able to do what they were able to do with no. it on CW. And so because of it being on HBO Max and having to be able to just go no holds bar and were able to do whatever they wanted, uh, made some jokes really funny, made some serious yep. things really like eye-opening uh, and made the show, I think, as a whole, a, a success for James Gunn and what he's doing over at DC. Um, when when John Cena asked James Gunn about the role and stuff like that, like, so, so, and also this Chris Smith peacemaker character seems a little bit different than it was in suicide squad i don't think he does it's like they took the suicide squad one and pushed it to 11 and so which is funny but he's like how do i play the character peacemaker james or john cena asked james gunn and james gunn said please do not read any comics on the character out there and just act like a broy douchey captain america (laughs) and i was like that is absolutely perfect that is absolutely perfect what he is he's a broy douchey murdering captain america and wants the best for everything, but doesn't understand sometimes. Again, I don't think the common sense thing there is there. Like there's that, that synapse that's not firing in his brain to make common sense of right. things. And it's just like, bang. Like when they found out they were, uh, when we walked into that facility and they found out that with their x-ray vision that there were, there were butterflies and they just shot them right away. It was not like, there was no question about it. It was just bam, shoot, done, kill. Um, yep. I don't know. That's a little different because they're not human beings, but uh, those people are already dead. But yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, so those things. But then you add in the fun part of it, and you add in the the yep. um, the break from normal DC. So that's what I think. So so to break off a little bit of the the sexist racist part for a second, and, and 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 bubble it up a little bit. The break from DC though, because DC's always been. We've talked about this. Cap or um, Batman, Superman, Green Arrow, The Flash, like Justice League, Wonder Woman. That's what they've always focused on, focused on for years on, on, on movies, TV, all that stuff. For James Gunn to do another thing, to take a character like the suicide, movie like The Suicide Squad and take a character out of The Suicide Squad that really no one gave two craps about and make it into a successful TV show that gets renewed for a second season, like he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Whereas no one cared. Guardians of the Galaxy comic books were in the dollar bin at your comic book store because no one cared about them. Very little people cared about them. And they were able to make a movie out of something that no one cared about. I didn't watch Peacemaker. Honestly, I don't think I would have watched Peacemaker if it wasn't for James Gunn, just because I know how good he did. The Suicide Squad, I know how good he did Guardians of the Galaxy. But he made a character that I gave two craps about, a character that I actually care about now. And that's what's cool about this whole thing, is that it's very cool that they took up basically an unknown entity that really has no connection to anybody. No one really cares. And to make it into something that people care about, which is really cool. I think at DC, if they go that route for the future could be successful, especially if they get people like yep. James Gunn or bring over Taika Waititi or, you know, those kind of people to write the movies and, and direct those movies. I think they could go far. It's the fact that they're going to make a sequel to the Batman movie that's already hasn't been out there. And I, I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> this is great. No, I it is. And, and no, and, and like I said, I think that, that, that is the part that's important about it is, you know, we don't think that 
that often that in Marvel, like all of your characters usually are in cities. Yes. Like usually are like, you know, I mean, the very, very urban Manhattan, Chicago yep. kind of life. And so it, it this it's not only a great like use of a minor character, but like I said, it, it, it's interesting to see characters that are in rural settings mm -hmm. and not in in major metropolitan areas. And I, I have DC seems to be doing that a little bit more. And I think I mean, I think that's great. I think we should have that different kind of narrative. So that part of it, I think, is really cool. And uh, I love eight, eight episode seasons. I'm also a pretty big fan. I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot because I didn't have it written down. I was yeah. realizing that the other right. day with with like Daredevil and some of these other series that are like eight, eight episodes, 40 minutes piece. It, it, that's like, to me, is perfect because you can do 22 episodes, but I feel like this is a long undertaking to do a long season like that. I feel like it was just draw sure. out at that point. Um, the, that's, the other thing I will say, the biggest thing to me, the, the probably the literally the biggest thing about the show to me was the James Gunn's ability to make the music work with the show and yeah. not accompany the show, like intertwined the point yeah. where it almost breaks the fourth wall the entire season. So to the point where like music's playing in the background and you're just like, oh, cool. It's hype music to get them. Yeah. And then come to find out they're actually listening to it listening in the car. To it, yeah. And the fact that he wants the same, he puts the record on in that that, that apartment and picks up the sex toy and starts singing with the sex toy and like and playing yeah, choir boys and all that stuff. And it just kicked off the idea that they wanted to play that song, but they intertwined it in the show. It's not just yep. a soundtrack. It's, it's like, if you pull the music out, the show falls flat. And that's what's amazing with John, uh, James Gunn's being able to do. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy's mm -hmm. two soundtracks for one and two are like superly popular. Oh, and I feel huge. like the same thing with this. He created a playlist that I'll actually put in the link on our website, capesandtights.com for this episode, the playlist on Spotify of all the songs in it. And I sent it to my dad and my dad goes, now that's music. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so, and the wigwam, the intro, the music that's played yep. during the intro um, is that song like was hit number one on some charts somewhere 15 years after the song came out. First time it's right. ever been this high and all that stuff. So, Good for them. Like, I'm sure they're sitting yeah. at home being like, hell yeah. They probably paid nothing for the song. I, I can't imagine that song was very sought after no. for a TV show. Um, but some of the other songs in there are, are, are big oh, songs. Yeah. And, and to have that soundtrack yep. for a TV show is, you know, the budget was up there. And uh, again, it was this weird thing I was telling Taylor. It's like, it's not a soundtrack. It's part of the movie that when right. they put the playlist together on Spotify, they're pulling the songs from the movie and putting it on a playlist. Like it's, it's intertwined. 90% yeah, of the exactly. songs are intertwined, except for the randomness of the intro dance, like the absolute randomness. Oh, of course. Of which that is intro hilarious. Dance. I mean, the intro, that, that alone makes the series worth seeing. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. I loved it too. I'm watching it because obviously it's the beginning of every, every episode and I'm watching it and I'm going, the janitor's in there. He's literally in the entire show twice, two different scenes. Yep. He's in the very first scene of the show and he's in a scene in like, episode six or seven where he's at the school and his daughter needs a uncle that is a popular person to make them look out like stand out in the movie yep, in the, in yep, the yep. and that's the only time he's and he's in the intro song the freaking neighbor that gets in yelling matches with freaking uh with a peacemaker at his dad's house is in the intro song and i'm just laughing i'm like these people that don't mean anything like the 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 out of bio's wife is in it and she's in the show like did six you, times it's like did you see in the intro that um at one point if you look in the back i forget his name the judo master what's his oh, yeah. name yeah uh judo master yeah keeps peeking around the oh, corner oh really like way way in the back and if you and look, then he, he finally he, comes out yeah he goes boom, like it boom. <laughs> 
So yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Like, I thought the uh, cinematography and the oh, sets yeah. on the show were mm -hmm. really great too. That's and again, it's one. shot like a movie. Shot like a movie, but like it's kind of like I said with the other part of this, it was amazing how much of it was shot in strip malls, like mm -hmm. very kind of like I said, rural settings, mobile homes, and what we would remember as kind of these small homes from the 70s and 80s. And that part of it was really just brilliantly shot because it's hard to, you know, shoot in a strip mall and have it be exciting. But I thought that yeah. was that was really cool. Um this, like I said, the shot part of it, the, the length of the episodes were great. I think that the smart part of the three episodes being released, like because I didn't watch it that way. I watched like the first four or five episodes, then I watched it week to week. Me but too. the first three episodes are was released at the same time. And if you get to the end of the first episode, like on the rewatch that I did, is you realize that you need that. Like it, it wouldn't have been good if you just released that one episode and you didn't have any context for the next one waiting a week. Right. They're in the parking lot. He just used the sonic boom to blow up the uh, the woman he just slept with and, and that end of that show. But then because the beginning of the next episode was kind of slow too, where they were trying right. to get him out of the out of the building. And so those things to me were like, okay, I'm glad they did it as like a three-part thing. It's the same thing. I, I'm watch I watched Bad Batch, the Star Wars thing. And episode yep, one's yep. like an hour and 10 minutes, and the rest of them are 20-minute episodes. And it was like they needed to give you like a here you go, and then the rest of it followed. Yep. This is the same thing. I felt like the first three episodes needed to be together, and then the rest of them were okay episodic yeah. after that, which was great. I mean, I um, think the one hour start, then 30 minutes after is great. Because like you yes. said, I mean, it, I don't care even if you split it up into multiple. Like if you yeah. drop a, a 90-minute episode to start, like, I get that 100%. You get to establish the world and the characters, and I love it, though. I, I end up watching shows I would never watch because I just get hooked on the week-to-week. -week yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, okay, so as a DC non DC fan, well, we're gonna yep. we're gonna trash on some DC things too. Was the fact that they made fun of DC movies in this show or DC characters the multiple yes. times they made fun of Superman, yes. they made fun of Batman, they made fun of Aquaman, Which... all these characters, and it was just like these things that he's making up. And at the, was at the very beginning of the when yep. he's in the hospital with with the janitor, and he's like, you know, Aquaman likes to sleep with fish. And he's like, how do you know that? And he goes, I refuse to believe that uh, Pepe the Frog 89 is lying to me for no reason. At, at Pepe the Frog 89 is lying to me yep. for no reason. But he also said that uh, Superman likes butt stuff. Yep. Uh, Batman is a pussy, he said at one point uh, um, when he was arguing with a neighbor because he won't green, kill anybody. Green arrows a furry, right? Yes. Was, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, Aquaman likes to sleep with, with fish and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it was just funny because he was like, the Batman was like, points out the exact thing all of us are thinking at the end of every uh, Batman movie, which is if you would just kill them, yeah. there wouldn't be a need for like, he puts them in prison. They break out. He has to get him again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the um, obvious thing that we always avoid as comic book fans is that we need this to make the comic books exist. But in sure. the same sense, it's that point he points it out to the neighbor and the neighbor was just like, oh, I was just trying to have a conversation. <laughs> And he gets all yep. upset about Batman. And, oh, and he's like the whole idea, whether he's a villain or, or a superhero. And he's like, I'm a superhero. And he's like, well, you kill people. So you're kind of a villain. Yep. But yeah, that, that, that made me laugh so hard. Cause I'm like, I can't believe DC would be like, yeah, you're cool. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Just crap all over these other characters. And I'm glad you said that. Cause that was one of the things I wanted to say. Cause we've talked about it many yeah. times is I feel like at some point when your whole brand is being this like 
meta deconstruction of comics and what they are, but in the process, you're really crapping on yourself too. Yeah. Is is not a sustainable model. I just feel like the whole Watchmen thing that was not meant to to always now be what dominates DC comics. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they were smart and James Gunn probably didn't do it because he is smart is making fun of Marvel in that DC thing but james uh, knows he has to go back and direct guardians of the galaxy 3 in the holiday special which he knows that if he craps on marvel and that maybe when it's done and he has no movies set up in the future he can play a little bit with it but exactly but uh the truth of the matter is i guess he's going back to so he's doing season two of this but he's going back to marvel for guardians 3 and the holiday special and then he would like to come back and play with another character in the dc world um but I, i think james gunn's typecasted himself in a sense like he has to do these kind of movies he can't do of course anything else now so it's got to be something along these lines because there's no way that uh that he can do a batman movie i I just don't see it happening unless they were completely weird with it um james gunn wrote this whole thing during the pandemic uh, which makes sense but like during lockdown during the time where it was strict lockdown he wrote the entire eight episodes um and pitched it and that's one of the reasons why it went straight to series instead of piloting or anything is because they you send it to hbo max and to dc and they're like yeah let's go with it and they ran with it it, to have something come out uh at the beginning of the year but yeah oh so before i forget to i'm trying to go down through my notes here from the movies sometimes i'm organized sometimes i'm not and that's something people will learn or have learned from us. We do jump back and forth a lot on things. But did you see the the tweet out there that someone accused James Gunn of nepotism by hiring and casting Jennifer Holland as hardcore? Oh. So Jennifer Holland is is now, because we waited a week to do this episode, engaged to James Gunn. They got engaged over the weekend oh. or over last week or Monday, last Monday or something like that. Uh, they got engaged. Um, so his fiance, he hired his girl, longtime girlfriend as hardcore in the Suicide Squad and then obviously yeah. in this. And someone's like, oh, that's nepotism. Like she's the only pretty blonde woman in her 40s that could play the character. And I'm like, how he isn't Hollywood all about knowing people? Like, isn't that how people get jobs? Like I, I was just reading, uh, we were watching uh, Hannibal over again and Hannibal. So Jodie Foster was in Silence of the Lambs, right? Yep. She wasn't in um, Hannibal, which came out right after or yeah, right afterwards. And come to find out, she just didn't want to do the role. And uh, who was it? Now I can't remember. Uh, Julianne Moore. Yes, got the job. But there was like a cast of people, like a list of people who wanted the job. And Anthony Hopkins is like, no, I've worked with Julianne Moore before. So I'd like to do Julianne Moore. She got the job. Is that now Anthony Hopkins' fault? Because she picked, like, that's how, I was like so fascinating by how people can go on and try to cancel, quote unquote, cancel people because of something that's so freaking stupid. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That one to me is just so bizarre because I feel like if you somebody said to me, hey, he just hired his son to play this role, I would yeah. be like, okay. I mean, awesome. I mean, good to, I, it's good good to know people. And and like nothing about that shocks me. Nothing about that shocks and, me. And, and these people have seen her act. So she's not a bad right. actress. So like at the end of the season, I'm like, she played hardcore amazingly. Right. So like, obviously she got the job. If she sucked, okay. Okay. And she came back for second season and they didn't cut the character. Little, 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 little nepotism there, but she was excellent. Yeah. She, was, she didn't like bring the show with, down. She didn't. Right. It's like you said with Julianne Moore. It's like yes. it wasn't like she was an unknown quantity. She was huge then. I yes. mean, like it always made me upset. It made me kind of want. And the way they did the Hannibal, just to go on a tangent here, the way they did the Hannibal series where they did sounds so obviously Manhunter, but it's not really connected to the Anthony Hopkins version of right. the show. And then they did Silence of the Lambs, 
Hannibal and then Red Dragon as the prequel. And then they did Hannibal Rising as the prequel prequel. Yeah. Like made me think that I love Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, but also made me think that I would love a reboot and they actually do it in order. Like do yeah. Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, Hannibal Rising, because of Hannibal Rising, that's how the books were written. Yep. Or do the opposite, put Hannibal Rising at the beginning, but do a reboot of the entire thing, which would be cool too. But wild to think how many how many of those movies and shows there have been and that there i guess there is kind of like a lector verse out there yes which is that's weird yes um, it is but i think it's a great character and i think i was telling oh my gosh, like i kind of liked it because he's um if you watch the show blacklist or yes. seen anything it, he's, have, he's, yep. he's read from that show like hannibal lector is like if red ate people <laughs> yes like if he ate people it would be the same person because of like the the fancy things and the money and the hiding and the, yep. and the annoying people and the doing these weird things. Oh yeah. But then you also eat people's noses and tongues, um, which is like, forgot how some vulgar or how much blood was in Hannibal, but like, Oh my yeah. gosh, it's a great series. I just, Taylor and I were watching it. We're like, something triggered me in watching it. And I was like, she had seen some of them or whatever. And I was like, let's watch them in the order. And then watch Hannibal rising. So it was red dragon. And we watched red dragon silence of lambs, Hannibal. And then we'll watch Hannibal Rising to kind of give an idea of how he became who he became. And then there's the TV show too, Hannibal, which is like exactly, 39 yep. episodes. Um, great series. Tangent that was not anything to do with um, with Peacemaker, but I don't know. Okay. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Foster. Nepotism. Oh, uh, yeah. But Hannibal, uh, what's his name? Uh, speaking about DC, uh, what's his name? Gary Oldman played... Uh, the the millionaire guy that yeah. cut his face up. I completely oh, forgot I, that was him because you can't see it's him because of all the it's wild. prosthetics. I and yep. I'm like, that's Gary Oldman? Sweet. Um, oh, Vigilante might have been my favorite character in this show. The 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 fact that he wants to hide his identity in right. Peacemaker, he wants to hide his identity so bad. He's like, he's like moving his face around so you can't tell a sketch yep. artist who he is, and all this stuff was hilarious. I think when he went to the prison and got arrested to try to kill Peacemaker's dad and he goes to the table and he goes on these tangents about, oh, let's talk about what black people have done great for this country and saying all these things and the people were like, what is going on? And I love it because the African-American dude in the corner after he got the police come in, the people come in like, he didn't do anything wrong. It was the white supremacist people who started. (laughs) I got your back, man. I got your back. Yep. But like, again, Vigilante and Peacemaker seem like they'd be friends because they both have common sense. They both are dumb in certain situations. They both kill people for no, for that's the answer is killing people. Uh, it just, it was the whole Vigilante part was funny to me. And um, Freddie Stroma, who played him, did an excellent job. And the only thing I remember actually ever seeing him in, he was in like Pitch Perfect, but he was also in Harry Potter as like a D character, gotcha. like a very side character that you could no, see. I thought- he was excellent. He did, a, he did an excellent job. And and like he's a like I said, another one of the hyper violent characters. But I him his I see how he could build to be pretty important because I think Peacemaker is starting to see that his whole mantra of just killing for fun isn't isn't maybe the way to do it. So yes. Um so yeah, he but he's a fun he was a really fun character. Um I wrote on here and I don't want to go over all of them because I I we try to be as pop uh non-vulgar and non um uh, cursing on this show as much as we can but uh fun quotes from the thing his quote his his tagline eat peace motherfuckers is hilarious so first of all um uh, we talked about the batman doesn't kill people this is because he's a pussy um my other one was oh I've made a vow to peace no matter how many people I have to kill that is like 
it's it's so idiotic it's so funny uh, it, it's, and it's then, like it is 80s and 90s america oh, man it's oh, absolutely. like wah. uh and then so cool fun fact for all those people who live in the greater bangor area about this show is steve agee who played economos in this show and on the uh he also is the voice of king shark in the suicide squad yep. movie um is coming to the bangor comic and toy con april 22nd to the 24th cool. to take photos sign autographs all that stuff so you get to meet economos from the peacemaker in bangor if you're in the greater bangor area that's cool we are um but i loved his character i love died the whole dye beard jokes back and forth and by the end of the season his you can see his beard coming through his gray yep. that he actually does dye his beard and he, yep. he has the whole um opening up moment towards the end where he talks about um how he does dye his beard and he thought people didn't like yep. him and all that stuff. But at the very beginning when he's introduced and he hasn't, he's been in prison for four years and he walks in there and they're talking to him in his trailer and he opens the fridge and starts eating the olives. It's like, Hey dude, man, you're eating four-year-old <laughs> olives, olives out of my fridge. Yep. And he's like, Oh God. <laughs> like not even thinking that he hasn't lived there this whole time, uh, which was great. Cause he was a great character. I love Steve Agee. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Sarah Silverman program. He was, he was a really good character. That scene uh, at the end, like you said, yeah. where he, he's kind of talking about his beard. Yeah. And, and like I said, those are the moments totally where like the series I thought shined because that was one of those, look, like this is what these like constant kind of toxic bro attacks on people like do to yeah. them over time. So that was, yeah, he was great. So that's super cool that he's going to be at the Comic-Con. Yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're excited and I was pumped about it. So I was putting together the graphics for, for Jane Will at the Comic-Con. And they had given me a list of things, a suicide squad. And they gave me a list of like Sarah Silverman program. And I've sure. seen he's in Superstore. Uh, he was in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and he, like I said, he did the voice of King Shark. And then I was looking, I'm like, wait, he's economist on Suicide Squad and this. I'm like, wait, why aren't we writing Peacemaker on here? Uh, because this is a oh, popular absolutely. show and it's coming out, it came out months before the, for the Comic-Con. So it'd be cool and interesting to talk to him and say hi to him when we get to the comic, when I get to the Comic-Con in April. But for now... We'll just do, I was every time I'm watching, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna meet that person. I was like such a kid in a candy yep. store. It's kind of funny. Sometimes it's like you have to like whatever, man. I'm meeting someone, but then you're like, wow, this is kind of cool. I'm meeting that person, so that's exciting. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so he, it, the show as a whole, was was a refreshing, different. Like whether you like the sexist, racist part of it or the vulgarity of it or not, um, the killing and all that stuff. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying that I'm trying oh, to sure, sure, preface sure. the. You put it, it put it in a nutshell. It's very vulgar, yeah. very sexist, very racist, and very uh, offensive show. But that 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 is a refreshing change of pace yep. from what we've gotten from the DC universe in the DCEU, the '90s Batman movies, anything. It's just it's like a, a complete 180, yep. not 180, but like a complete veering off of what we've seen from DC. And I, you know, I want to be a Marvel head here and say it's a, we we own James Gunn. Marvel fans own James Gunn because he came over and he came popular. Basically, oh, yeah. the, 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 thank you're welcome, DC. Because yep. James Gunn is the one who was able to do that with Suicide Squad and this. And I mean, like I said, we have to look at this as a show that's you know on a streaming service too. But like my final thing, I mean, I like I, I'm looking forward to seeing the second season. It so would be like my good you know final kind of. Yeah, feeling about it like I wouldn't watch it just because I have to but I also have to say Guardians of the Galaxy oh yeah but it's still still, better, but, still but, like way better but I know I'm just like I, I love Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy yes but I was just trying to say to someone like nowadays there's so much stuff like people ask me like, have you seen this thing have you seen this thing I'm like that's so yeah. many there's just so many things dude there's just oh, so yeah. and then I also want to rewatch old stuff 
like that's the thing is like we're hoping like for for fourth uh, may 4th we're gonna hopefully talk the three prequel movies and it's like i want to watch those out and those have been out for years so like i've got to watch all this stuff and live my life and watch older stuff and watch newer yep. stuff so there's some things i have to pick and choose from and james gunn has gotten me to watch yep. this because of him but truthfully it's still the greatest thing he's done is guardians of the galaxies one and two but this might be the best dc thing i've seen in oh, a know. long time and yep. it may just be beat because of the it's still gonna be dark and gritty with bat the batman but like more mainstream yeah part of it may be you know, depending on how much we like batman or not um beat this out as the best thing we've seen in a while because i do think that I, i'm gonna give batman yep. it's due because i do think it's gonna be a good i like the fact that they went with someone i do too that wasn't this i mean robert pattinson is a star but like not your star 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 as batman yep. is what they've done in the past and i think this is a this is a nice little diversion from that like what sure. marvel's been able to do is put people in casts that are not yep. a few people here and there but most of the people are not really much of anything or have on the downturn right and been able to say you got to care about the character more than you do the actor and that's what i feel like we're going to do with batman batman's going to be more Agreed. i care about batman than i do robert pattinson yeah and before. i think the big thing too like you just mentioned about the peacemaker is that it's good to see dc starting to be funny though because mm. we've said in the past when we've talked about dc movies like it's not even that i i hated the movie but I was so depressed when it was over. Mm -hmm. Like, so ha like seeing kind of that humor come in, like it did with um, uh, Ragnarok was the one yeah. for uh, like MCU, you know, and all of a sudden there was this injection of kind of this funnier, lighter part of Marvel. So like DC's needed that in a big way for a long time. And he kicked it off with the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad exactly. I think, was, yeah, was, sure. was a better version of the, in moments, a better version of the original one that came out what, a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, but that was more like dark and gritty again. The Suicide Squad had that yes. funniness, and that was only six months ago ish, or whatever it was. It was August of last year. Um, so there was this. He kicked it off with that, and then was he able to give us Peacemaker and Peacemaker season two, and then whatever other project he's going to work on for DC. I think again, I'll go back on it as a pop culture and comic book podcast is. Things like this makes me want to do more DC things. Makes me want to read DC comic books. Exactly. Makes me want to read and watch movies. Whereas if you didn't have one of the two mediums, I would never pick up. I mean, I bought, uh, right. I think I have it here somewhere. Hold on. What I love that they're on. I bought Suicide Squad number oh, one. Oh, that's awesome. And this that's is the first cool. appearance of John Economos, who Steve Agee. And I have two issues of these because I had another one, but I thought, why not have Steve Agee signing at the Comic-Con. Yeah. This would be a cool thing. This is my first physical purchase of a DC comic book. And it came at the helm of there you go. That right yeah. after this show. So, so there's that aspect of connecting the things together. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I do think that there is something to be said about having something for everybody, which is the DC, the CW things, the dark gritty movies and this, like yeah. there is so that we all can part, be part of the DC world. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, as they're looking at the, you know, the MCU having Disney plus, like, honestly, I think HBO is a good home for DC. Mm -hmm. um, Cause if they do it right, they have a lot more leeway with what they can do for HBO audiences than for Disney audiences. Mm -hmm. And so, so that part of it, I think is fun to see that they can, you know, they can have a lot more freedom, I think, than you do when you're producing yeah. for a younger audience. I mean, it helps us as fans, too, that I will always be a subscription member to Disney Plus yep. because of what they have for content on there that fits my thing. HBO, it's like 
so HBO, I think it's like nowadays, it's like basically it used to be Hulu for me, but I feel like nowadays it's like Disney plus Netflix and, and, uh, HBO max are like, those are the three uh, pinnacle agree, yeah. things because of what else you get the DC stuff. We get all this other stuff with HBO max, yeah. uh, Marvel, you get the Marvel stuff, which is amazing. And the Disney stuff. Yeah. And then obviously Netflix has their own, um, their own things as well. But my thought is that this possible with Marvel stuff leaving Netflix and HBO Max over here, that it might actually be in the long run your your Disney Plus and your and your HBO Max and, and then the, the Netflix part, like the sign up for Netflix when a new season of Stranger Things comes on or whatever it may be. Yep. But I just feel like they're starting to get for the nerd culture, they're starting to get overtaken by HBO yeah. Max and by by Disney Absolutely. Plus in that aspect of it. But so season two is happening. Gunn is at the helm of both directing and yep. writing. I'm guessing most of the cast is returning. Any of the living cast will be. Any of the living, any of the living characters right, will return. Right, right. But before then, I believe at least the holiday special. The holiday special for 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 Guardians of the Galaxy is supposed to hit this December, and so that means that we're going to get less than a year. We're going to get some James Gunn humor on the Marvel side. Yeah. Uh, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three happens a year from May, so that will be a year from a couple months from now. So like 14, 15 months from now. Um, so I'll be excited about that. But from the DC side, we had the Batman on March 4th, which is pretty cool. And I just saw one online. It's not a DC or a Marvel thing, but it's a Ryan Reynolds thing. And that's the, the Adam project, which is something you should probably look up to because your name is Adam, I but it's a, a Netflix movie that's coming out about time travel. And it seems like Ryan Reynolds goes back in time huh. and gets lost. It gets stuck in the year 2022. Um, so that one looked pretty cool. I just stumbled upon it the other day. Yeah. Uh, comes out March 11th, but it's also starring <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Gardner, uh, Walker nice, Scoble is the younger version of Adam, but Catherine Keener and Zoe uh, Zaldana. So it's got a pretty big cast for That's a Netflix a great movie. cast, yeah. yeah That's so a really good cast. That one looks pretty cool. It's coming out here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, did you see, and we'll get into it, as again, this is just going on more tomorrow, just broad news of pop sure. culture. Who is uh, doing the music for Obi Wan? No, I didn't. Is it John Rachel? Yes, it is. Yeah, that that would make sense. That's awesome. This is yeah, turning into like cool. the the prequel, quote unquote, that we all wanted. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's cut, turning into the Obi Wan with John Williams doing the score. It coming out on May twenty fifth. All that stuff to me was yep. like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. I cannot wait for that to hit. I feel I feel like Disney's is still like it's in its phase one. Like mm -hmm. I don't even think we've seen what they're gonna do with with Disney oh, yet. And like, Star Wars and stuff. It's just insane. It's fascinating to me because, yeah. I mean, I just uh, I recorded this morning our hot comics that are coming out on Friday. Sure. And one of the a little preview. Of one of the comics is um, Darth Maul number two, which is the first appearance of Cad Bane, and that to me is just like awesome because we saw that in the in the book yep. of Boba Fett and then and in all the animated shows as well but yeah it's exciting and again again I am I Paul at the comic book shop is going to give me crap for this but for me to be actually happy about a DC project <laughs> is is fascinating to me and again I hate to say it because none of us neither one of us have anything really against DC it's just nope. if you put them in a scheme of things Marvel's just in the past 15 years 10 years have done way better and so it makes it very hard for us to be like oh I'm gonna watch that DC thing like, like even ba the Batman, I'm excited for, but it's not like what we were excited for for like other things that are coming out, and 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 so I'm almost more excited for other the DC League of Super Pets. It's coming out animated film. Yeah, 
No, I, like I said, I think if they can kind of unify the vision under HBO a little bit and mm-hmm. start get, then that'll that'll help them out a lot. Because as we've said in the past, I I'm like you, I pretty much like I don't really watch a lot of DC stuff, but I no. did grow up reading DC comics, and so for me, like I was probably at least three out of my top ten favorite comic book characters of all the time would be DC. It's just that I like the new stuff that I'm having trouble with. So I agree with you. It's I think stuff like Peacemaker is what's going to bring people in to dc and and it was far from perfect and that's the funny thing about it like you don't have to be a perfect unblemished tv show i think the show was far from perfect in ways but perfect in other ways and then mediocre in some ways i just think it was definitely watchable if you're gonna go watch it though like just be aware of your surroundings if you don't want to watch with your parents then don't watch it with your parents yeah yeah if you're a significant other might be a little bit edgy on the the humor and the and the, the nudity and the the violence and gore and swearing and all that stuff. Just be it's aware. This is a very very rated show. R. It's very oh, rated R. Like, it's a hard R. On hard this one. R. Like hard and, R. Yeah. Uh, and and it's there's not like a moment. It's like very little moments where there's like okay, I could watch this episode. There's there's you can wait thirty seconds and someone's gonna say something that's inappropriate. And some oh, of them yeah. are innuendo ish, but most of them are right in your face. Yeah, they are. <laughs> there's times where I'm just like, I'm glad I'm home alone right now. <laughs> can my neighbors hear what I'm watching? What is going on over there? Yeah. Oh, oh, lastly, the cameo at the end, which was unbelievable. So the ending of the show, it's yep. not a post-credit scene or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. literally the end of the sh- basically towards the end of the show. They're leaving uh, the, the the place they go to blow up again. You can watch the show if you want details about it. And they're walking because earlier in the show, didn't they mention something about getting the Justice League? Um, yes. Out of bio she, system about getting a Justice League. She's on the phone and she's and she's like, can we get the Justice League? <laughs> Which is the same kind of funny humor from Ant-Man when they asked about getting the Avengers. Right. Um, but they're leaving, and all of a sudden, nowhere you see this flash of light, and it's a floating figure that looks like Superman, which is not actually any Superman character we've had. It's a stand-in. Yep. It's just someone there. And then Wonder Woman, again, it wasn't what's-her-face as Wonder Woman. It was just yep. a stand-in. But then it was actually Ezra Miller as the yep. Flash and actually Jason Momoa as uh, Aquaman standing there and he goes and he goes you're late <laughs> and it's actually a much more vulgar thing i think it was oh, you're yeah. effing late you you yeah. dickheads like yep. and then he walks by and he goes go sleep with another fish and then aquaman comes <laughs> i hate that stupid rumor and ezra miller goes is it a rumor he goes yeah. shut up man and that was it yeah. and they walked past him and they kept they didn't even care about them being there and that i thought was, that was hilarious that was, i was that was that was one of my favorite parts i thought that was great and that's mainly because it's one of the things that I've heard on podcasts and we've talked about is there's certain times you're like, this is a world that all these superheroes live in. If yep. something this drastic was happening, where where are they? Why are they not yep. here helping? And you have these small B characters doing the work. And this is a, a, a kind of a shout out to that. Like, yep, they did show up, but they were way too late. And, and which he, is funny because that is something you've mentioned before. And, you know, and I think also when she makes the call, if you listen to the conversation, like she, the first, she's like, well, do you need them there? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, like clearly like, it's like, no, like a week's okay. Okay. We'll send the D team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. These characters that obviously you can't stand and are, are, are you know, and as you see, yep. speaking of that, Chris Smith or, or Peacemaker did have struggle, trouble trying to kill that kid. So he did have some yep. sort of level of not wanting to kill anybody, but then he got away from that and started sure. just killing whoever he wanted. At the end of the show, Amanda Waller gets called out that she has a secret organization. 
and the show ends and now we're going into season two. So that'll be exciting to see how that unfolds to see how the suicide squad, maybe maybe some characters from the suicide squad join in with season two or whatever, but fascinating to see a movie, a show called peacemaker from DC to be that successful on, uh, on the internet. Uh, I went to say, and I usually do this, Adam, but I didn't to close out. I wanted to see uh, peacemaker. There was a show years ago called peacemaker two from 1997 or a movie called the peacemaker. Uh, it is a eight and a half out of ten on IMDb, which is a pretty good for a freaking TV show. Oh, it's it's great, and I and like I said, I mean, I don't want to from the beginning make it like I, no, I, no, I no, think yeah. I think I think it deserves that. I just yes. think I would like I honestly I love like I said everything about the like the setting and the audience. I just think I hope people see the good stuff it's saying, which is mm-hmm. a lot, and not just get caught up in the the gore of it all. But no, I think it's just addressing that part of our country is great. Yeah. And, exactly. and needed. And it's different. Like I said, it's one of those things that he's able to take a part of the country that we didn't care about or the world that we didn't care about in comic books is usually in cities. Exactly. With a character that we didn't care about and a people around it exactly. about, and a story that no one really cared about and was able to create something that we cared about. And that's pretty cool. Yep. I mean, and brilliantly did it with a, a wrestling icon. I still think that's like, that's why it worked because he brought an audience with him that probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have tried out some dumb DC movie on HBO or show on HBO. And now they're in it. And so they're going to start going like, Oh man, that does, I guess that, you know, the racist stuff they talk about is important. So maybe mm-hmm. crowds will get brought in and start talking mm-hmm. about it. So yeah, I think it's a great show. It's just, I'm, I just wondering is that I want to finish with this is that I don't, it took me how many years to get past the fact that the rock was the rock. You know, it took you how many years to get past Will Smith as being Will yep. Smith, like the rapper Will Smith and going into the actor Will Smith. Like, I don't even think about him as a rapper anymore. And a lot of times I don't think about The Rock as, as, a, as a wrestler anymore. He's just one of right. the most successful and talented actors out there. John Cena is super freaking talented. And I think he's yes. going to go places even further than his crappy B movies that he used to make about like fighting in the military and things like that. Right. Like now he's actually going to get these star roles because yep. he's getting better and better and better at it. But it's going to take me a little bit of time before I'm not like, Oh my God, they cast a wrestler as the main role in this movie. And so that's what I got to have get past. It, that. Was, it was honestly like, I, I can't, I don't know if anybody else could have been casted no. in that role. And I mean, it was, it was like, I just feel like it was like, he was like, it only works because of him. Like, yep. that's like why that character works. Correct. And he needs to be that big. He needs to be that roid, roided out, quote unquote. I'm not that's insinuating that, that John Cena takes roids, but like right. he needs to be roided out the big dude, an imposing figure because he's not really a superhero. He doesn't have superpowers yeah. per se. Um, all that stuff's great too. And uh, yeah, excellent show. Uh, check yeah, it, out, check on it HBO, out HBO Max. I love to say it's free on HBO Max. You do have to subscribe to HBO Max. Once you subscribe to HBO Max, then it's free because um, most of us have it. So it's just, we could just watch it. You can binge it on there. Uh, and check out season two but uh, i think it was fun i don't like i said not the best show in the world but definitely 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 up there for me uh for sure it definitely made me want to continue watching it and got sad when the show was over and that's yep. to say something for sure you're not trying to yeah, like no, I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what hbo is doing like i said i yep. loved the i loved the watchman kind mm-hmm. of non-canon spinoff they did so this yeah it gives me hope that maybe dc is finding its home and so now no one can can fault us for saying that we're not a DC. We don't talk about DC no. on here because I don't even talk about DC when I do my poll list because I don't buy DC comics. Exactly. So like, here was a DC for all you DC fans. And we will be doing the Batman Dark Knight trilogy. And we will yeah. once the Batman comes That'll out. Be fun. 
after a little while, the Batman coming out, we'll do the Batman. And so we'll do all new DC movies that are coming up, hopefully too, after they come out, we wait a little bit so people can watch it. I'm not a big fan right. of, I listen to a podcast and it's like, they see the premiere and they put it out and I'm like, I don't even got a chance to buy a ticket in your, in your, and you're already, I have to skip your episode. And then I forget about the episode. So our goal is really wait a little bit after it so that yep. you have time to digest it, maybe see it in the theaters or wait for it to come out on digital. And then you can digest our stupid, unknowledgeable, unbacked opinions on this. Yeah. That's our, our quote, our, our tagline of vacation <laughs> tights. We we're not, not experts. We're not experts. So please don't, that's what we have to put that at the beginning of a money podcast. Like we're not yeah. experts. We're not people that can't tell you what, you know, do your own thing. This is so, not life advice. Exactly. So yeah, that was fun, Adam. That was great. Now we got DC, Marvel and Star Wars to yeah. contend with. And then next week, well, Ghostbusters. So now we have like, we're going to pull and in them, some other yeah. stuff too. So we're going to get to that finally. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to watch, I think I'm going to watch this week, Ghostbusters 1. Yes. I, Annie and I just said that. Even 2, I haven't seen in so mm-hmm. long. And 2 is so good. I I, I, I like seen... these, uh, uh, the number 2. There's so many people out there that don't. I just I don't think, know what their problem I think two, is. I think 2 is fantastic. Yes. So. I think I'm going to watch so, yeah. it this week. I think I have the, the 4K. Which Ooh, is yeah. stupid because 4K from 1980 something or 90 something is this is, is no different than JDPP been, in my opinion. I've been but, burning uh, I've been burning tales from the crypt onto a drive so I can watch yeah. it on my TV because yeah. it's on DVD. Yeah. And same thing. I'm like, let's put it, that into 1080 ultra wide. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's 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 1990s HBO. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so uh taylor and i since we record this on uh beginning of the week we're gonna go see uh we're gonna go to queen city cinema club we're trying to do that not going out as much but like yep. we're gonna go out safely and stuff to sure. kind of like get ourselves right so we're renting a theater the small there theater at, at queen city cinema club so at least we're out get our food Absolutely. so that we can sit in our own private little area which we're excited about babysitter and all that we're gonna watch national treasure because that's one of oh, our favorite fantastic. movies of all time and it's a movie that a lot of people don't like. And so one of these days, I'll have to do some sort of fun uh, review of a Nicolas Cage movie because there's an amazing Nicolas Cage movie coming out. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it, but it's a Nicolas Cage movie about being Nicolas Cage. I the did unba- see that. The unbearable yeah. weight of massive talent. Yeah. It is. I cannot he is, wait. He is wild lately. Like I, he's doing all of these like excellent horror films, like back, like just nonstop. It's like, it's hilarious. And they're good. Unlike freaking oh, Bruce fantastic. Willis. Bruce Willis did eight movies in 2021. I can't name one of them. I can't. I mean, right off the bat, I can tell you Pig, Mandy. Yep. And only because I can't think of the name, he did a Lovecraft horror recently. Yep. Like, like you said, I mean, and that's just off the top of my head, which who would have thought that for Nick Cage in 2022 on your bingo card? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, though, and then he's doing a movie about himself, which is the most Nicolas Cage thing that I could think of is a Nicolas Cage movie about being Nicolas Cage is amazing. So you got to check that out. I think it's in April sometime, uh, April 22nd or somewhere towards the end of the month. Uh, That'd be fun. So check out the trailer if anybody hasn't checked that out. But Peacemaker, HBO Max, DC series by James Gunn. See it on your TV at home with some popcorn and some non-alcoholic beer or alcoholic beer or seltzer or coffee or whatever you want. Whatever you got. We're not sponsored by anybody, so we can't say anything. (laughs) Well, that was fun, dude. Yeah, we like we love ending these things. It makes a lot of sense to us. We just kind of trail off at the end. Yeah, it just turns into a normal conversation. Yeah. 